Welcome to Scope MD, a podcast for women in healthcare. I'm Lori Ryan, practicing physician and host of Scope MD. This episode is the second in a two-part series focused on medical volunteering. Jody Eifert, a lung cancer nurse navigator, shares her volunteering experiences with Healing Haiti, a nonprofit serving Haitians by working to ensure access to clean water, education, medical care, and job creation in Haiti. Jody shares how she created a multidisciplinary program designed to address the unique social and medical needs of elders in Haiti. Jody shares how culture, literacy, and language have impacted her volunteer work, reflects on the similarities of her work as a nurse navigator in the U.S. and her volunteer work in Haiti, and also highlights additional volunteer opportunities available for medical providers in Haiti. Jody, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, it's great to be here today. Jody, can you tell us about Healing Haiti and why you decided to volunteer with this organization? I think what I like about Healing Haiti is it's an organization that wants people to come and serve alongside them. They believe in job creation and uniting families. So the work we do when we go there is alongside the Haitian people, and we help to implement new jobs. And the goal is always for the Haitians to take over the work that we implement and help them with. So when you're in Haiti, what type of work are you doing? So I I went to Haiti uh, in 2014 with my husband. We've always wanted to do mission work, and it just worked out. We heard about it from a friend of ours. And when I was there serving, I realized that I really wanted to use my nursing skills to help the, to help the people in Haiti. And so I started pursuing avenues to help implement an elder program in a multidisciplinary setting, similar to what I do in my job at Abbott as a coordinator. And so what was fascinating in planning this trip is, you know, what does comprehensive care look like in a third world country? I mean, that was a huge question that I tried to answer as I planned for the trip. I knew that we would need a multidisciplinary team. So we had a physician, social worker, physical therapist, chaplain, and nurses on the trip. And so I w- I worked with a social worker to help uh, develop this elder advocate trip. And so what I learned is what I had to look at was cultural differences, language barrier, poverty. How does that fit? You know, it's not going to look like it does in the United States. So what we ended up doing is when every day we would go and our team would visit elders either in their home or at the clinic. And then the team would come back in the evening and we would discuss what we learned. And I mean, the key to all this was really listening to the elders, understanding what their needs were, and implementing a care plan. So that was kind of the the exciting thing about the work that we started doing in Haiti is, is that we developed a program based on what the elders told us they needed. And what's ironic about that or interesting is when I was developing the lung program at the Virginia Piper Cancer Institute, that's how I developed the lung program was I based it on the patient's needs. How does this make sense? It can only make sense if it's based on what 
is needed by our lung cancer population, by the elders in Haiti. And so, you know, what kind of inspired all this work for me is when my sister and I, in our early 30s, we had the privilege of traveling to Egypt, Mexico. And when we were in Cairo, we visited an orphanage and I saw the need and poverty and my heart changed. And I knew then that somehow I wanted to use my nursing degree to serve in a third world country. And so it's been a privilege to work with the uh, teams there and the elders. What we learned, and, and I actually did a lot of studying before I went about the culture and the language, I was sensitive to the cultural differences and the literacy. So the solutions that we have, like giving a patient a med list, that doesn't work in Haiti. They can't read. So trying to develop a medication program in, in working with the clinic was really challenging. And so we actually came up with a medication sheet that had pictures on it for the elders, the sun, the moon. And then I worked very closely with a Haitian advocate there who's actually gone to school now to be a nurse from the work that we've done together, which is so exciting to me. And so I worked with her to help develop uh, a medication program. One of the biggest issues we found in Haiti is high blood pressure. So the challenges around that is they don't understand why they're taking the medication. They don't know when they're supposed to take the medication. They think that every single medication they take, you have to take it with food, no matter what you tell them. Well, they only get a meal once a day. And so they'll wait until, you know, noon, five o'clock until their meal is delivered, even though we want them to take their blood pressure medicine in the morning. And so how do you teach that? How do you change some of those beliefs? And I actually met with one of the Haitian physicians and it was interesting to talk with him because he has the same challenges in his practice. They they don't want to take their medicine without food. And they, they actually also think that taking blood pressure medicine, you just take it when you need it. And so trying to help them understand that this is a medicine you take every day. So these are the things that we learned. Some of the needs that we had to deal with, it's not like here in the United States. A lot of it had to do with their living situation. They didn't have a toilet. We had one lady that had a stroke and fell regularly because she had this huge step she had to get over. And so we actually ended up working with some of the local people in the country and were able to get a step for her. So now she doesn't fall when she goes into her house. So a lot of people just, their, their needs are so complex. So the list that we had is very different from a list that I would have after working with my patients all day. And so, but blood pressure was probably one of the main things that we saw in Haiti. Uh, a, a real problem is hypertension. And then I relied on interpreters. So much like we use interpreters in the States. The, the issue here is they tried to interpret what I was saying. And so working with them to say, you have to say exactly what I say. Even though it seems weird, it just helps me understand the problem. And so 
one thing I figured out, this is after a couple trips. Anytime a patient or an elder can't hear, they would look at me and say, she's crazy. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they're hard of hearing. So we were able to, on our last trip, we were able to get it something called a pocket talker. It's a little device, a little device that we use that, um, that helps them hear. So we tried it out. We have a patient who, I shouldn't say patient. We have an elder who's, I believed was hard of hearing and blind. So when we went to visit him, we put this pocket talker on him. And I wish you could have seen the look on the interpreter's face. He was just overjoyed and shocked that he could hear. So here's an elderly man who is blind and can't hear and feels isolated as it is. And this was such a gift. He told us a joke. We sang a song. I mean, it was just, those are the moments in Haiti that I live for. It's why I go. I, I want to make a difference in people's lives. And quite frankly, when I go to Haiti, it's like I'm off the grid. So it's a really good challenge for me to use my nursing skill and to serve a nation that's poor. And um, it's just, it actually, it's kind of devastating when you see some of the poverty there, but it's also extremely rewarding. Now, when you're in Haiti, how long are you there? So we're usually gone for a week, which is manageable for me in my life and with my family. So this trip that we do, it's called an, it's an elder advocate trip. So our whole focus for the week is visiting the elders. So there are 33 elders in Titanye, which is a real rural community north of Port-au-Prince. And then City Soleil, there's about, I would say, 12 to 18 elders. So, so our job when we go is to assess every single elder, visit them, check on their home, and make sure that they're, everything's okay. And then we actually use that information to help other teams that want to go and serve to give them some projects to consider. For example, some of the elders have trouble doing their laundry. So we've added that to one of the tasks that people can do when they go is walk alongside the elder and help them do their laundry or go to the well and get water for this patient. Uh, Mobility is a huge issue in Haiti. So Looking at safety, our physical therapist was phenomenal in working with patients. So it's great. I mean, people can go either on a standard mission trip to Healing Haiti, where they um, deliver water, hold babies at one of the orphanages run by nuns, go visit an orphanage. There's lots of broad serving ideas and activities. But they also have specialized trips. They have medical teams that go that include physicians, nurses. Honestly, anybody can go to Haiti and and serve. But there are going deeper specialized trips for medical teams. That I think that's really broadened what people are interested in doing and how we can use our talents there to help a little bit more. But then again, once again, we get walk alongside the physicians there. We work with them. We don't take 
what they're doing away from them. We just work together and collaborate. So it sounds like there's a lot of different ways people can help out. How many times a year are you going to Haiti? So since I'm one of the elder advocates, so I am, so I'm one of the leaders in Healing Haiti to help with our elder program. So I go twice a year. Um, I go, typically we go in the spring and the fall. And in the fall, Marnie and I go, she's my co-lead. And we just work really hard on tasks that we have to do as leaders. And that helps us prepare for our team trip in March. And what's exciting about the work that we've done with our team is we've been able to show them the, the tasks that we've implemented, the ideas that they brought forward and problems they identified. And we were able to send them emails back and say, hey, look, we got a step for her. We, we got a pig for the, this gentleman. We, we were able to finish his toilet. We had one of the projects was getting a roof finished for somebody. So to be able to, it's, you know, you want to go on a trip and feel like you've made a difference and that it really matters what you did and something's going to happen with the work you've done. So to be able to show our team members that we were able to accomplish some things was really exciting. That's phenomenal, Jody. Yeah. So if people are interested in helping, but they just can't travel to Haiti, what are some other ways that they can help out? We are always looking for donations to support some of the work that we do in Haiti. We had a, a special building fund that we asked for money to help build roofs for some of the um, elders' homes. So the way that, you know, in, in Haiti, they build their homes out of scrap wood, scrap metal, whatever they can find. And so one of the homes, I went in and sat with this elderly woman and I got so hot and just I just couldn't understand how she could handle that. So kind of looking at some of those things to give them a safer dwelling and someplace that's not so hot because it's always hot in Haiti. You had mentioned hearing aids. Is that a way people can help? Yes, that would be great if people wanted to donate pocket talkers. Um, actually, we got ours on Amazon and we work with a missionary who's in Haiti who helps, you know, keep those supplies together. Um, and just the gift of hearing there is pretty amazing. Just we had one other gentleman we went to visit and nobody believed me that he was hard of hearing. So I, I said, well, let's play some music. And pretty soon he was bopping his head to the music. And I'm like, see, he can hear. And then, um, and then he was able to tell us what he needed because we were, we never knew before because he couldn't hear what we were saying. Um, so it was just thrilling. To, he wanted some, uh, Haitian books to read. He's one of the few Haitians who can read. And so, you know, we were going to get him some books and he wanted us to get him some meat from the market. And he was the, he's another one, the look on his face when he heard me talking to him, it was just, I mean, I have goosebumps right now thinking about it. What would you say to someone who's interested in the idea, but for whatever reason, doesn't think they can do it or is afraid to go to Haiti? 
You know, I've never felt afraid when I've been in Haiti. Healing Haiti does a really good job of taking care of us. The interpreters are like security guards. You're in a very safe place where you sleep. It's fenced in. There's dogs and a security guard. Um, And they just do a really good job of understanding the pulse of healing Haiti. And we may have to change our itinerary for the day, but they have, I've always been safe in Haiti. And so I think it's, it's a big leap of faith and stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, that's part of what I needed in my life. I, I just felt like I needed to push myself a little bit and I've grown so much from the experience. Um, it's really changed my heart and how I view things in the United States. We, you know, there's a lot of excess here. When you see how little they have and how happy they are, it's pretty humbling. What else would you like to share about healing Haiti? You know, the only other thing I'd like to share, another issue that came up. Um, so it was blood pressure, communication, and pain assessment. So anytime I asked them about pain, they told me about every pain they've had in their whole life. So it took it took a long time for me to figure out the best way to assess their pain and to kind of help them and come up with a plan. And I, I would say that to me, that's the interesting, compelling thing about going there is, is the ability to work with a team there to come up with solutions um, for people in such great need. And the other thing I would say is, you know, one of my favorite things about being a nurse, I will say in the cities here and in Haiti is I love to be a nurse because I meet people when their social barriers are stripped away. When I see them in the hospital, they're in a hospital gown. They don't have makeup on. Their hair isn't done. And so it kind of opens up this place where we can work together that is so real and so raw. And I have, I see the same thing in Haiti. It's just that genuine connection with people and working together to come up with a solution and care for them. Now, one question I have for you about the elders, what's the social situation for them? Are they living alone or are they living with family? So a lot of the elders that we see are taking care of their grandchildren. A daughter may live with them. So, you know, this is the other challenge is nutrition. So we deliver a meal as a grandma, they would rather give the meal to their grandchildren than eat it themselves. So sometimes they're sharing a meal that's really meant for them for the day with 16 other people. And so that was the other thing we looked at is how do we help them with nutrition when we know that they're going to give their meal away. There are a few elders that live on their own. But especially in, in Titania, there's a, a real community sense there. And we've actually been working with the school to have some of the kids come and read with them, sort of like a grandchild, grandparent reading program. But most of them have a family that helps them, a son, grandkids. 
Um, and a lot of the elders are the ones caring for grandchildren because their son or daughter died. In Haiti, people stared at me and I couldn't figure it out at first. And the interpreter said, he goes, at your age in Haiti, most people are dead. <laughs> so, you know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So just a different perspective. So when I meet somebody I and I think, oh, she's my age, I find out she's 40. So, you know, it's just a whole different um, way of learning about a, a people and a culture and how they live. And it's really broadened my perspective on everything, really. Now, you said they get a meal delivered. Who's delivering that one meal? So Healing Haiti provides one meal a day. It's cook, It's They make it at the kitchen where the school is in the clinic. And Vanya, who's the boots on the ground advocate for the elder, she's a Haitian. She makes sure the meals are delivered, supplies are delivered. So uh, Healing Haiti also gives them some basic supplies. And so she's in charge of making sure that they get their meals, their basic supplies, and any other needs. They have flashlights, um, you know, different things like that. You know, the other thing uh, that you can do to help in Haiti is we have sponsors. So if you go to the Healing Haiti website, you can either sponsor an elder. Um, I, I sponsor one gal. and Or you can uh, sponsor meals or the community of elders. So, I mean, that's a great way to support the work that's being done in Haiti. That's how we help when we're not there. And we, we donated some money to help build some roofs. So, um, you can donate money and kind of look and see what, what you would like to do. Like, I think providing meals is a great way to support the work they're doing in healing Haiti. And do most of these households have electricity? No, none of them do. And they don't have a regular bathroom either. Sometimes they just go outside. Some of them have, are fortunate enough to have a like a toilet. It's I guess like here it would be like an outhouse. So they live a very basic life. And so that's why we try to give them flashlights, books like with batteries so they can it's like a um, audio book that they can listen to because, once again, they can't read. So just addressing all those social needs is another big aspect of our trip. And I co-lead with a social worker. And so she's, her job when we go, I do all the medical stuff. She's, she's assessing their home, safety. You know, do they have an outhouse? Are they safe? You know, are they getting enough food. We work together on that. But it, it's, it's, I would say that the multidisciplinary approach that we're doing in Haiti is working phenomenally. And it's been a, a really great experience, both for, for myself, Marnie, and our, the teams that we've taken there. We've taken three teams there. We were supposed to go in March, but with the uh, coronavirus, on, you know, we couldn't go in March. And what do you see Healing Haiti accomplishing in the future? Or what do you hope to accomplish through Healing Haiti in the next year or so? Well, 
So what's been interesting with the COVID virus, no teams are going. And I think what we're, we're learning and it kind of, it's been the goal of the organization is that we want the Haitians doing the work. We're going there to help, like I said, walk alongside them, but more and more we're seeing that we're employing Haitians um, to do the work um, that happened in the school. They had people from, you know, the United States helping and now it's all run by Haitians. So, so I think what I see the future is that more and more it will equip the Haitians to do the work and we may start just supporting them through providing meals or donations. I mean, we're, we, they're still going to have trips that are going to go and mission opportunities, but this time of dealing with this isolation has pushed the organization to think about different ways to reach the people in Haiti. Which will ultimately help ensure long-term success, right? Yep. And honestly, that's what drew me to this organization is their philosophy that we don't take work from them. We can serve alongside them, but the ultimate goal is to unite families and um, and help uh, the Haitians with job creation. Any other opportunities you'd like to highlight with Healing Haiti? I would just encourage anybody um, to consider signing up for a mission trip. It's, you know, they're all different focuses. And I think it just really can help you grow and stretch and just think about the world in a different way. Thanks for listening to this episode of ScopeMD, which highlighted a multidisciplinary approach to medical volunteering. See the show notes for additional information regarding volunteer and donation opportunities with Healing Haiti. Until next time, thanks for listening to ScopeMD.